Hey, what's up, what's up, what's up? Welcome back to the podcast, guys. Um, So today, I'm talking about a topic that has quite a bit of depth to it. Um, I've been kind of studying this topic, um, both firsthand and through um, just kind of a lot of reading, listening to others and like some professionals um seeing kind of how they approach it seeing what they have to say um but the topic is pretty much um surrounding the topic of like intimacy with yourself and with others there's this kind of underlying topic that I wanted to talk about as well um, related to vul- the vulnerability that's involved with intimacy, um, that some people experience like a, a numbness, like an emotional numbness, um, a physical numbness, um, just a different type of numbness, meaning that they can't really easily feel all the time, um, and I'd say that's definitely something that I can relate to. I, you know, I mean, there are reasons behind it. Usually when someone has like, it can come from like a, a trauma past. Um, it doesn't have to be like a long term trauma, like a childhood trauma and you're like an adult now. It doesn't have to be like too long ago or anything it can even be recent trauma of intensity of situations or emotions that are leading to feeling overwhelmed or from from feelings of being overwhelmed um either with like grief or death or fear or you know maybe witnessing something or you know getting some terrible news about maybe like a diagnosis or um health problems or mood you know maybe something with your mood um and those three those three kind of areas that I mentioned intimacy vulnerability and your emotional state if you're if you're having like a numb state um there are some ways to look at this and one method of really looking at things is trying to understand what's going on right so a lot of people experience emotional numbness and they don't really know exactly how to really navigate it or why it happens or when it happens um and I'm you know I'm pretty comfortable maybe like using myself as an example um just like my own life like 
I mean, of course, you know, there's a lot of stuff that I'm not going to really share, but then there's stuff that I'm like, okay, it could be beneficial for someone to hear this. And I'm not like, I wouldn't say that it's, I'm not going to share anything triggering. It's not like a triggering kind of, um, intense situation. I would just say, um, like it can help to take a scenario and see if you can apply different points of the scenario to your own life. Um, and not everybody's points of reference are the same. Not everybody's, you know, trigger levels are the same. Not everybody's life and circumstances that arise are going to be the same as what I'm exactly going to say, but there are kind of like overarching themes that you can kind of replace one thing I mentioned with something that, that is happening in your life um and kind of like replace kind of what it looks like for you to kind of get to a better understanding of what's going on for yourself um just if you hear like an example it's kind of easier for me to explain this with an example already in place because then I can reference that um without having to go all into like you know terminology and things like that they get confusing to explain it's confusing for me too because I have to look stuff up sometimes and then it's like oh my gosh like the flow is kind of like really um taken to a different place that I wasn't really meaning to go to and um once the blog po- post and things start going up I'll be more likely to kind of post more detailed kind of um educational insights on there kind of more scientific not so much um just kind of me talking like I would casually talk to somebody who would ask me about it um I mean I can still give a professional perspective but I can't give you know like therapeutic advice or direction of what people should do it's just kind of self-help and my own kind of personal experiences and you know your own methods to see if you can apply certain stuff or not but I I can't say like you need to do it or you should do it or this is exactly what's going on this is your diagnosis or whatever I can't say any of that um but I can talk about it in a way that I hope makes sense and helps people so I can give a scenario that I think a lot of people probably can relate to right so a lot of people have periods of time where you're like man you know, I am struggling, I have a lot going on, I'm like, really having a really tough, um, like, kind of extremely tough time, like, and for me, what that usually looks like would be, like, not really even having the energy to exercise, noticing that I'm really kind of in an isolated mindset, like, not wanting to go out with my friends, like, at all, um, even to do stuff that I usually would love going to do. Um, I just, I'm just like, it just seems like too much effort to get up and get ready and wait and be there and then have to like engage and listen and like interact and be like, like socially like interesting and like engaging. Um, I'd rather just sit and like tune out by myself somewhere Um, and it just doesn't feel like I would have the energy to do that kind of thing. Um, as well as eating healthier foods, I noticed that I really 
eat non-healthy foods like and the spending I spend probably for far more than I would need to spend um you know like like because of the you know easy easy exhaustion I would say I I spend more on um purchasing like takeout foods um like Uber Eats kind of stuff, ordering deliveries, and that's costly, but it's because I'm like, I can't be bothered to be in the house with like roommates or family or like what I'm cooking, and then there's people who want me to cook or something, uh, or I'm cooking and people come to try to talk to me, and I'm like, you know, in my head, I'm like, I'm just too tired. I don't have the energy to be like having to like engage with these other people while I'm cooking so I'd rather just order like instant stuff that's maybe not too healthy or fast food because it's like well I can at least stay in the car and maybe don't have to get like fully like dressed you know I can still just roll down the window go through the drive-thru so that kind of thing um not sleeping well which is already a problem for me but if I'm falling asleep like and it's past like 12 30 or so usually that's not a good sign especially if I've been good with the caffeine and like not napping at all or anything like there's no reason for me to be up past 12 30 especially since I'm often awake at like five in the morning it's like that doesn't make sense right I'd say I naturally sleep when I'm feeling well naturally I might get six to seven hours consecutive I probably wake up at like 3 a.m. a lot of the time, but usually if I don't wake up at that time, um, I'm usually okay. Um, but if I'm sleeping less than six hours, like five hours, four hours, and that's even if I have some form of a sleep aid and I still can't sleep, that's usually a sign that something's up. And then on top of that, the waking up, like if I literally just like, I'm running late all the time when I'm getting up. Like, I'm getting up, like, right to the last second. Um, now, that's looked a lot different since since um, having a job site where they have us able to work from home. That's been looking a lot different. Um, you know, like, roll out of bed, literally, and, like, not really eating breakfast or, like... And then, like, you know, the brain fog, like, just the constant brain fog at work, not being able to focus. Um, I mean, I'll I'll notice it in, like, meditation practices where I'm, like, I just, you know, can't get past, like, a certain level very easily. And I'll, but usually when I'm going through, like, a tough time, I won't even really push myself. I'm, like, fuck it. Like, I don't really want to, like, do more. Like, I'll do, like, the bare minimum, if even the bare minimum, um, or I'll just like skip days, um, or things that I usually think about. I just don't think about them. Um, so that's kind of what it looks like on more of a surface level of like my routines and things. Um, so when you notice your routines are kind of off, but it's, it's not really like in a, in coming from like an enjoyable space. Um, like it's one thing when it's like, yeah, I partied all weekend. And so like my Monday is going to be a little off like that kind of, it's like, okay, that makes sense if you're out till 2 a.m. partying and then you wake up and go to work in the morning. I mean, like, of course you're going to be tired and irritable and all that, but 
you know, if that's like your constant without anything that's really kind of there um, that you notice. Um, now, it could be one of those overwhelming type of situations that leads to it. So you can think about what's overwhelming of a situation in your life um, that could be potentially leading to an issue um, with having like some kind of issue uh, with with some kind of like emotional state that's not pleasant to feel or to be in but that's kind of like the first phase that I usually notice for myself Um, and I'm getting up to like the current scenario these are just kind of like a lot of background information details actually but um that's kind of what I noticed like early it's kind of like that stuff it's like that can go on for like a week maybe even longer and the longer it goes on the worse I'm going to be feeling um so internally I'll usually after like about a week or so of that I'll have an internal dialogue usually that impacts my sleep a lot so that's like at night and in the mornings I'll just wake up with just like my head just like just a lot on my mind of like usually it's focused like my mind's really focused heavily on like mistakes it doesn't matter how long ago it happened it could be something I did in like in like kindergarten that I thought was like oh like this was maybe not fully socially acceptable or like this was like some odd thing that like you know um that happened or you know something like that and I'll like like my brain is just like it'll be like fishing for like any kind of negative kind of like situation that had happened in the past or whatever and just like remembering just stuff like that that's just like not even necessary to like I don't even think about this stuff though like usually when I'm like feeling like great or good you know I don't I don't even think about that kind of stuff and if I do it's like I have to force myself to like think about it it doesn't like easily come to my mind and then when I do easily think about it um, or when I, when I am able, sorry, when I, if I am in a better state of mind and I do force myself to think about it, like it still doesn't like emotionally affect me as much. Like I'm not noticing like, oh, like this is this, you know, this is one way that I want to, um, that I want to like address this or not address this or like whatever. Um, it kind of just like it's just like there and I'm like oh that's a memory and like but then you know when I'm in a time when I feel better <clears throat> I do feel kind of like I, I kind of use that to kind of check in like okay I'm thinking about this thing that would have ordinarily bothered me how do I feel about it right now and when I can be like oh like it doesn't really bug me then I'm like okay that must mean that I'm still like kind of like in an all right place you know for myself and not to really say that like not to really say that it's better or worse to be in like a tough emotional state where you're kind of just like struggling um i mean i would say there's value to those too they just suck and they feel bad and you know i don't wish it on anybody but it's almost like when you work out you know like you you know it's going to be really hard to kind of get to like the physical um shape that you're trying to go for without any pain involved right and same with like the emotional state there it's hard to kind of get to um different different emotionally strong levels if 
there's never any challenging emotion that comes up if you never have to think about how you think, if you never have to navigate your life and how you tell yourself things and how you actually like keep your job or keep, you know, your relationships while you're having these kind of time periods, like, you know, there's like a whole method to it because it affects so many aspects of, of a person's life. And so and then the people's lives around you, like if you're a parent or, you know, something along those lines, it's like, you know, if you're struggling a lot like that, too, I mean, you can imagine how it would impact going to work and taking care of kids after work or like all these kind of things that are like you know that people might go kind of like not really noticing um but so there's that and then um so I had I had a time period like that that was probably I don't know if I uh, I'm like blanking on the months maybe July-ish um, I mean, August, I had a birthday, so I was feeling pretty great. Um, but I feel like since like July, maybe even June, I hadn't really been feeling like too wonderful. It's just like, you know, pride month comes around June and then there's still some pride events around July. So I do remember like at least having some things that I looked forward to coming up, um, over summer and I usually enjoy summer. <clears throat> And, um, then yeah, August, my birthday month. And then I feel like September was a really hard month. Um, a lot of the summer was too, but I feel like September sticks out in my mind. Um, the reason why I say that is because I remember I was kind of like connected to therapy sometimes before my birthday and then August and then around in September, because I remember it ended before I took some time off work. I took almost two weeks. It was like about, if you count it all together, it was about 12 days, um, counting weekends, um, that I took off. And that's probably the longest I've ever taken off work, like in six years or so. So, um, that's another thing that, you know, contributes is like, cause we get paid days off guys. It's not like, I mean, when I miss work, when I when I can't go to work, if I am like sick or like if I take the day off like scheduled, it's not like I'm not getting paid, like I'm still getting the same pay rate. So, you know, it doesn't really benefit me to not work. It just sometimes it's just sometimes, you know, when work is already a struggle and I know I have to take days off, there's a lot of work that needs to be done beforehand. And sometimes I'm like, you know, I'm so used to getting so bogged down with work stuff and like a little bit like um, kind of behind on stuff or just like, I need all my days of the week to be there. It's hard for me to take days off, even though once I come back, I'm so much more refreshed and able to just bang out stuff. And like, I'm so much more motivated and like, you know, I've had a break mentally, emotionally. I mean, the job I have is very mentally, it's like very intellectual on your, on your toes, um, thinking, helping people who actually have a lot of needs important needs that a lot of them can't really wait too long and we're kind of like their main contact resource and so we try our best to help as efficiently and as detailed as possible but all of that takes um it all takes like a lot of kind of focus and being able to to you know 
be like emotionally and like mentally like there you know you have to be there for the people when they need you if they're crying on the phone or if you're meeting them in person and they're going through a lot you can't just be like having a bad day and like flipping out on people like that's not okay either and then you know you have to be like compassionate and not really like in your own head about your own stuff and actually like able to kind of tune in with them and like you know, interact with them and help them and like be kind of like sharp about it. Cause it, like sometimes we do schedule stuff, but unlike a lot of jobs, this job uh, or jobs I've had, unlike a lot of jobs I've had, this job is pretty on your toes. Like I have people calling me. I had somebody call me or talk to me before the weekend about wanting like TMS uh, treatment for severe depression. They were asking for you know, um, information on how they can get that. And I, I wasn't too sure. Um, cause I'd never had anybody ask me about that before. It's kind of like, um, something that I know a bit of, but it's not really something that I know how to connect people to. Um, and they asked me that like sometime last week. And then I was like, you know, like right now I'm working on this other thing, but remind me next week. Um, if I haven't gotten back to you about it, just shoot me a reminder real quick. And then today they're like, oh, by the way, just a reminder. And I'm like, oh shoot. Like I totally forgot. I totally forgot to even look it up. Um, but then I looked it up right then and was able to talk to the insurance and find out how, to, how they can potentially get it if it's available to them. Um, what it is, is it's a transcranial, um, what was it? Transcranial magnetic something. What is the word? Transcranial. Sorry, this isn't even, like, super important, but I should know this. Like, I literally just did this. Oh, stimulation. <laughs> I was thinking, like, syndrome? That's not right. Like, it's like, I'm like blanking on the word. Transcranial magnetic stimulation. So, it's for people that have severe um, depression um, for, you know, the... Basically, they use magnetic fields to um kind of manipulate the the nerves in the brain that are involved with um with depression symptoms and so it's potentially supposed to help um with relieving depression symptoms there are a lot of people who may not be interested in medications or have had experiences with medications and it wasn't really too workful I mean, helpful, workful. Wow. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's. Anyways, <laughs> this person had to like remind me of that, and it's like just stuff like that. But I mean, like I tell people too, if it's something that I know I'm not gonna put on my calendar, and I'm literally just like running around like I was on like Friday, I was like, just remind me. Um, but yeah, if that person had not reminded me, I don't think I would have remembered. Um, unless I was giving a presentation, once I presented their case for the month, I would have been like, oh shoot, now I remember. Um, 
So that's kind of what's been going on for me. Not the TMS stuff, but um, that's kind of what's been going on. It's like I had a, a pretty strong period of time before I got kind of any help for it. I was just like, okay, let me just do that. And then right when I was done, like when I ended doing the therapy that I had been doing, um, I went on on that vacation. Um, And so that gave me like a, a buffer between like just like working on things and then jumping right back into work. Um, like I was working during doing the therapy and stuff, but I kind of wanted to work. I didn't want to take time off to do it because I wanted to have enough time to like, like look at my routine and look at my schedule and look at, you know, how I'm like using the skills to kind of actually like, you know, develop different kind of like parts of my life that weren't really going too well like it kind of helps me more when I'm working and then I can notice like oh I did sleep better oh I did wake up better oh I did you know I have something in place and then I'm not thinking all day about like all these other things that are like on my mind I'd rather just be like okay this is the time for therapy and this is the time to kind of like work on stuff and process things or whatever and like reflect and things like that and not really be like oh like I have all day to think about this all day, every day. Like I kind of prefer to do therapy during a routine, but then I do tend to take work off when I'm done with, with the sessions, just because it gives me time to kind of just like, now I'm fully just like going to rearrange, kind of like get myself into a little routine. It can, it only takes maybe like three days to get there, three, four days, um, to get into a healthier routine where it's like, I'll exercise all of those days or most of those days. I'll make sure I have some healthy food in the house, make sure I'm looking at my bank statements and like balancing out my money and all that kind of stuff. Like I'll take the the time off work to literally just work on all that stuff and then I'll start back at work and then that kind of like, it's like a refresh button altogether. Um, That's my own method. But um, I had a, so I'll get to the scenario now, like almost 30 minutes in, geez. Um, So I say all that background just to mention though that that's kind of what it looks like for me to kind of get things kind of more on track and mind you it's like it's almost like when you when you have an athletic kind of injury like when you have a physical injury like yeah even if you take the cast off or even if you take off the band-aid or the bandage or, or the the splint or whatever it is like yeah it's healed enough that you don't really need to use it but it's not healed enough that you can go 110% full force back into what you were doing, right? So it's like, that's kind of the state I've kind of been in coming into the month of November. It's like, yeah, like, I'm a little more, like, focused and a little more, um, you know, I've kind of figured out a little bit more what I need to do for myself, but... And I'm kind of working on it and I'm kind of doing it, but I'm not at, like, full strength yet, and then something happened um, this week and then last weekend where it was like, you know, I had some other um, situation where somebody I kind of knew was dealing with some stuff and then they kind of came in and just, it was really disruptive for me. Um, <clears throat> so there's a person that I talked to that I would say is more like a, like a, 
like a like a healer type person um that's the best as I can really describe it um and they're kind of like casually able to kind of like um talk about different things like they're not like a licensed trained therapist it's not like somebody connected to like a church it's nothing like that but like they're just kind of a support person that I know that's kind of like I mean I talk to them about other stuff too but like they kind of like make the time to kind of like um like check in with me about stuff if I need them to like we kind of have this understanding that that's like okay it's not like I'm overburdening them but it's more like specific when I'm like I don't really feel like I need therapy and I don't or I don't want to afford therapy but I was like I can tell I'm getting to a point where it's like things are gonna get a little out of out of whack again if I don't like handle it and so this person's kind of like the buffer between this space and that space in a way so I was just like when I need the vent and I just you know just I'm just like dude like like are you available are you free like I just need to like talk through this whole situation so last week I started explaining um how I started my work week just feeling so crappy um because of how um my Saturday went and then how my Sunday went and just Sunday you know I was just a little out of sorts because of Saturday like Saturday I thought was just going to be a party and it turned out to be just some people getting a little bit out of hand and then it was like oh shoot like you know, those of you who party, you know, like, sometimes there's, like, this unwritten rule, like, everybody kind of take care of yourselves, don't get so out of hand that, like, now that we're all under the influence, now we all have to try to, like, act as sober as we can to try to, like, remedy a situation, like, that's never the ideal way that you want to kind of do anything, it's like, okay, if I've already been drinking or stoned or whatever, I don't want to have to be, like, now I have to be the functional one. Um, I mean, yeah, keep things responsible always, but I mean, yeah, there was some, there was some irresponsibility going on, and then it was just, you know, I felt like it kind of came back on me in a way. And um, yeah, I have other friends that were supportive, but it's like, you know, they were supportive in their way, but I was more just like not too okay with kind of how things were going and I was like okay it's a one-time thing I get it like they've got a lot going on but I feel like they took what was going on with them and just kind of dumped it into my lap that's kind of what it felt like and then I was like Monday I felt like now I'm shoveling shit you know that's kind of what it felt like like I've got to get rid of all all pick up all the pieces and get rid of all this And so, but I was like, okay, it's one weekend and, you know, it wasn't like a big deal at the time until it started like getting to me like Monday. I don't know why, like Monday night, I was like, I don't know if it was Monday night going into Tuesday or if it was Sunday night going into Monday. But I remember I was like, dude, I just, um, I just can't, I I can't sleep and I couldn't figure out why I couldn't sleep. I was like, I was just so restless and like irritated, but it was like on the surface. I couldn't tell like why I felt that way. I was like, I had a good weekend. I thought, um, and in my mind I was like, well, I had a good weekend cause I got to see the people I wanted to see and like hang out and everything. 
And then I started thinking about how I felt more because I wasn't too connected with how I was actually feeling. I just was feeling it then. And it kind of all hit me that I was like, wow, like the conversations that were going on and stuff, they weren't like pleasant for me. It was a little intense. Like I could pick up on this energy and I I felt like my boundaries were being pushed a lot too because I kept asking, you know, like, can you calm down? Can you please stop? Can you please you know, like, just relax and stop, like, asking all these questions and doing all, like, stop interrogating that person, stop doing this, stop doing, you know, it was, like, a whole bunch of stuff where I was, like, this person just wasn't really, like, I wasn't trying to be bossy, it was just kind of, like, I need you to be like this so that I can feel, like, like, not irritated, you know, and I just felt like they just didn't care or couldn't get there and weren't really hearing it, And I was just, like, getting so frustrated with that because I was like, I do not have, like, the emotional space for my weekends to be going like that, you know? Like, I was like, if we were having a conversation that was a little less confrontational, that would have been nice and pleasant because I did have kind of a lot on my mind um, about, like, dating and all kinds of other stuff, about, like, career stuff, whatever. Um, But the way this person wanted to, like, talk about it it's kind of like they were almost trying to like force the issues and like make it about like some judgmental situation where I was just like dude like this is not your place and I wasn't trying to talk about this you know like afterwards that's kind of like how I was feeling I was like dude I wish I hadn't really even been like talking about it because you know to involve them in my life in that way because I because they clearly didn't know what they were saying and they were being offensive and they weren't really listening to me And so it was just really irritating, you know, like, I think everybody understands that when you have somebody who's kind of like pushing your buttons and you can tell they're kind of doing it on purpose and it's just kind of like, okay, like, and then when you're just like, all right, like I've entertained you with this for enough, like, can you just like shut it, you know? And then like, they kind of just weren't in the mindset to like hear that, like, hey, I don't really want you to like talk like this or talk about these topics or keep mentioning this bullshit or whatever like like they just kind of weren't aware of how they were being and how obnoxious and so I was just so like upset that I wasted a whole weekend with that and I kind of needed that time to recover because I was already kind of having a stressful time so I went into Monday not feeling too great and then started connecting with the with that healer person again and so that was like on um um yeah earlier last week and then you know another situation very similarly occurred this week um where the same person just kind of like started the same thing almost again like it but there were a lot more people involved so it was kind of like spread out um, but still, like, being obnoxious and still just kind of, like, a little, like, not in, in, in too much control, not really hearing when people were voicing kind of their concerns about, like, their discomfort or their boundaries, like, and it wasn't anything that was, like, you know, intentionally, like, somebody just being, like, an asshole or anything, but it was, like, you know, how we all get, like, when we have something going on, it kind of comes out in another way, and then it's just, like, that was just, like, unloaded, So I was like, now here comes like a second weekend of this, you know, and it's like I was really trying to spend my time this weekend, you know, in this other way. And I could kind of tell it was affecting other people. People were approaching me like, hey, like, what's up 
with what's going on, you know, and I was like, oh my gosh, like, I don't have energy for this, so then other people started approaching them, and just weren't being heard, and then, you know, by, you know, and we're kind of more actually, like, in action at a certain point, like, like, actively, like, avoiding, like, you know, like, taking separate rides, or, like, um, that kind of thing, but I just think it's, I don't know, in my head, I was just, like, this is selfish, you know, this is selfish that this person is kind of using my free time to kind of do whatever the heck they want to do for themselves and you know eventually with the amount of people that were contacting me about it because these are people I care about too I was just like I just have to say something so I had to and I was like now that puts me in a weird situation too so you know so now I would say that I did get to a place of feeling more on the emotionally numb side because of being kind of overwhelmed for the past couple weekends and then not really having any free time to myself really to kind of do what I wanted to do. I mean, partying's fun and all, but it's like, it it kind of gets in the way of things for me because like, you know, I'm not too connected with my emotions when I'm in party mode. And then um, if I spend a Saturday partying, then Sunday I'm going to spend kind of coming down from Saturday. So it's like, it's hard for me to kind of spend both days sort of like that. But I think, I mean, the, the reason why it was kind of more of like an overwhelming situation was I mean it was multiple things like it's hard to see people that I care for going through a lot like that's never easy that's never pleasant that's not something that I want um so it's hard for me to kind of like witness that um but also it's kind of like I felt like my boundaries were being pushed and my kindness was being kind of like um not like fully taken advantage of but in a way Cause I could have just gone home and just left and just been like, all right, like I'm done. Like you're annoying. Um, but there's just a lot of pain involved on a lot of different levels, even though it wasn't being addressed. It was more like, there's a lot of pain that's just coming out and just spewing out all over the place. And it's coming out in these really obnoxious ways. And I'm just like, okay, this isn't pleasant. So I did kind of, you know, kind of, like, emotionally close myself off, um, just, you know, to kind of at least kind of feel some form of, like, relaxation, but then it's not pleasant, because then it's like, well, what if I want to tune into like, happy emotions, or, like, kind of, like, you know, there are a lot of emotions that I like that I'm also not feeling, because I'm, like, okay, like, like, if I do open up this whole emotional space, the other stuff's going to come in with it. And so that's one thing. Um, but definitely the overwhelmed position, like, 
being in the overwhelmed position, um, that can create numbness. Um, a lot of people would say it's going to create depression or anxiety, which it would too for a lot of people. But sometimes, like, if you do notice that you don't feel, like, I don't feel depressed necessarily. It's not like that. I don't feel sad or upset, like, um, like that. Like, it's not a depression. It's not like an anxiety either. I'm not, like, worried about anything. Um, I'm a little on the stressed side, but not, like, too intensely stressed. But I can tell that I need to relax and more than what should be normal for, like, a Monday, considering that I just had a whole weekend. Um, But I don't feel like I can relax easily. Like, it's kind of like... um, just It's not like a feeling that... um, Yeah, I'm not really able to kind of, like, deeply feel things right now like I can just talk about topics and like I have like no emotional attachment to it like whatsoever almost um so 40 minutes in now we're gonna get to kind of what what it looks like um to have that numbness um the place that it can come from So the areas that we kind of look at are um how how did how does it develop? Like what's the place that it develops from? You know, what kind of keep what kind of starts it brewing and where does it end like end up, right? So it kind of starts brewing in a certain place and the reason why is for like survival reasons. Um, and then the place it ends up is what's considered something maladaptive. It's not helpful for yourself moving forward. Like it's not all the way helpful. It's somewhat helpful and we'll talk about why, but then it's not fully helpful. Just like a cheeseburger, you know, from McDonald's can be somewhat helpful in curing your hunger situation for the moment but it's not actually like super good for your health but it takes care of the hunger issue but you couldn't just like eat it every day you couldn't do that every day for every meal like that wouldn't be good for your health so it is kind of like one of those things that like it can be maladaptive but at the same time it serves the purpose for that moment um if that makes sense Um, so with those three things in mind about, about numbness, um, the place where it can start brewing from is when a person, um, isn't a, feels like they're not allowed to feel a certain way. And there are multiple reasons why that we'll get into, um, but they feel like they're not allowed or they feel that um, it's not safe to feel. So if a person feels that they're allowed, like they have permission to feel however it is that they're feeling, 
Um, there's not going to be a disconnect from certain emotions. Um, if a person feels safe to feel that way, um, they're not going to be disconnected from those emotions because, um, we do have some control over it, which is the complicated part is that we have a conscious level and a subconscious level. There's a conscious level that, um, on the surface, you know, it can be like, oh yeah, I think... I think I I feel safe enough to deal with this. I think I feel um, like I'm giving myself permission to feel however I want to feel. But then there can be this subconscious level that we're not like fully aware of. It's just like, no, you're not ready. You're not ready to do it. Now is not a good time. This is not a safe place or a safe time or a safe um, timing or um no you should not allow yourself to have permission to feel a certain way right now um or maybe ever in the future or you know whatever like um it's kind of yourself telling yourself it's like one part of yourself telling yourself that um and they say that this can develop from childhood like if you look at like um, theories of, like, child develop, child, childhood, theories of, what's it called, sorry, um, development, I don't know, um, just kind of looking at, at a person's childhood, upbringing, attachment, things like that, um, I think it's more from, like, attachment, um, like, there could have been a connection between how you feel, how you, and how, you, like, inside, emotionally, how you express that way that you feel, and then kind of the result that would have happened as a child, right? So, as far as, like, with attachment, if you're involving, like, a caregiving person, a guardian, a parent, a family member that might have been older, or even, like, peers, just people you were around, a lot of social-related things. Um, If you think on on the... And there's different levels you can look at. You can look at the biological, neurological, um, environmental, different sorts of environmental things, Um, you know, um, your cultural kind of demographics, um, history, traditions, uh, culture, that kind of stuff. Um, you can look at this from a lot of different perspectives of like, what, what was it that would, um, happen based on how you felt or how you were expressing the way you felt? What would, what were some themes that would come up? Um, there can be themes of like shame or being shamed by some other person, or rage, like, you have people, like, meeting you with, like, a level of rage, where it was just, like, anger, and, like, people, or, you know, like, like, emotionally abusive, or that kind of thing, um, or, um, like, silence, so, like, neglect, or, like, ignoring it, or even, like, dismissing it, you know, um, like, you don't feel that way, get up, you're okay, you know, like, that kind of thing, um, those are different ways that, and and there are others in addition, but those are some common things that occur when, 
you know, when a person is younger, when they're growing up, they, things that kind of lead them to have patterns of emotional numbness. But this can also come from um, later in life. Like, it doesn't have to be childhood. It could be, like, a recent experience you had. Like, maybe you moved in with a house full of roommates and had an experience all just like this, all within the last month or something. Um, that could still shut a person down and and get them... Uh, to a state of numbness as well like it doesn't have to be like a long-term pattern of things it could be a sudden thing that happened or something that happened in the past like once and then like that can still lead to it coming up again later um so that's the brewing level the level of you know um what what would happen when you felt a certain way or when you expressed it, either in your past or in the recent future, um, what was, you know, what was your emotion met with? Was your emotion met with kindness and understanding and validation? You'll, you'll likely have a better time with that. Um, if it was met with some level of like intrusiveness or just like dismissive people or judgment, things like that. Um, it's usually going to be a harder, um, kind of, um, it can be harder to, to deal with it. Um, cause you might be having emotions, but you just can't, when you're numb, it's hard to really identify them and you also can't really feel them. So it's like, you can't express it because you're, there's a part of you that doesn't allow you to express it. And then you also can't feel it because there's a part of you that doesn't allow you to feel it like there's no permission given and there's no feeling of safety to be vulnerable even if that's vulnerable with yourself or vulnerable expressing it even if you're expressing it to yourself or vulnerable expressing it to another person uh open openly just like talking to some other person about how you feel um that can definitely um, be something that contributes. And so then we'll still have to talk about survival and the maladaptive parts. Um, so the, the survival part comes from needing to feel safe. Um, so a lot of people have heard of like survival, um, instincts or survival mode that people go in, right? Um, like, say if you, um, if you're driving in a car and you, you know, I don't know, there's a car, there's a car that you know is, you know, say you're driving on a residential street, you know, where there's like houses and driveways and, <clears throat> You see your neighbor, you're, you're driving down the street, so it's residential, you're not going that fast. You think you made eye contact with one of the drivers in their driveway who was going to back out of their car. You thought, or back their car out into the street, it would have been in front of you. You thought they saw you, they didn't, um, or maybe they just weren't paying attention and weren't focused. And so you end up having to slam on your brakes so you don't hit them, right? 
that's kind of like a survival thing. Like, normally you wouldn't drive like that. You wouldn't be slamming on your brakes. That's not a normal part of driving. Um, but, well, unless you live in Southern California, maybe. But that's not a normal kind of driving. Like, you usually will just smoothly drive. But there's something that kicks in, you know, your your you know, the adrenaline kicks in, you kind of are like on high alert, you you know, that that keeps you safe, right? That's an example, a small, small, small example of like a survival type of skill, right? Where it's like, you didn't learn to drive like that, right? You didn't learn like, oh, slam on the brakes, like something's happening. You didn't learn to drive like that. But when something happens, you're able to react hopefully quickly enough for yourself and the others around you to be safe and the people in your car as well. Um, you know, I mean, you, this sounds violent, but I don't, I don't mean it to sound like aggressive, but like if you did have a way bigger car and you're like, I got my insurance covered, my car is way bigger than that. And it's way newer and way stronger. And that, that car's little and it's falling apart. I'm just going to hit their car. You know, like you could have that attitude knowing that, you know, I'm going to come out of this on top of it anyways with, because I had the right of way, they were backing out and I have insurance and my car damage is going to get fixed anyways. And the collision that we have isn't really going to hurt anybody. Like you could have that kind of mindset and just not stop, um, which sounds stupid in my opinion. Like who, who does that? Like, Nobody drives like that, right? I, I hope to God nobody drives like that. And if they do, they shouldn't be driving. But, you know, you should think, like, automatically think without you having to sit and process, like, hmm, like, my car costs this much and theirs costs that much. You should be thinking, like, worst case scenario, you don't want to crash the cars, right? That's not a good scenario. Even if you are going to get your your car back in full you know, parts that are newer parts than what, you know, or maybe you'll even get another car out of it that's better than the one you have. I mean, like, who knows? Um, But that's not a survival kind of skill is like, oh, I'm just going to damage. I'll go through the damage and because I know it's going to be okay. Like, usually you're trying to avoid any kind of like damage, right? So avoiding damage is pretty much um, one method of survival with safety related things that our mind kind of automatically is able to kind of like pull together your whole self, you know, your adrenaline pumping, your, you know, your reflexes, your mind is like super alert, sharpened all of a sudden, just like, shoot, slam on the brake, you know, and then you slam on the brake um, maybe you turn a little bit and at the same time you're able to like look over and make sure there's no other cars and you're just hyper-focused all the way around. And a lot of us, you know, we don't live like that. We don't live like on the hyper-focus, like in that mode. If you do, that's very high anxiety level of, of living. Um, but feeling safe, um, is a big deal when it comes to your emotions. If you don't feel safe emotionally, um, meaning if you don't feel like you're gonna, like your emotions are going to be met with some form of shame or rage or neglect or silence or in invalid kind of comments or judgment, if you don't feel, um, 
like like there's some kind of um complications around your safety if you're not feeling that way then that's usually a good sign um but a lot of times it might not feel safe to have those emotions so what happens is the subconscious automatically turns off the emotions and it's like you don't have access to them um so then not only are you not giving yourself permission to feel things and not only do you not feel safe to feel things but in addition there's a part of your mind that um limits your access to feeling things um Somebody said it was called the window of tolerance to emotions. Um, You don't really have like a wide range of access um, to getting to the emotions as well as a wide range of access of feeling like you'll have it under control. If those emotions do come out, either you're able to feel them like on an emotional level, you can feel or you're able to express it outwardly and either like write about it or read about it or within yourself you're able to kind of like do something you know related to it um so when we talk about the maladaptive That is that, you know, your body doesn't let you feel, right? So it's always easier to kind of look at things in a physical sense first because a lot of people have um, a very familiar, you know, mindset and a, a lot of familiarity around like physical health, like mental health. Not everybody has been too involved with it. Maybe recently a lot more people are diving into it. And I think that's really cool. Um, it just, it, but I think it comes with the situations too, that a lot more people are going through so many things and it's becoming more accessible in a lot of different ways. Um, and people are learning more about it and more open to it in society to be, you know, uh, participating in it. But, um, I do like seeing that more people are involved, but I wish it wasn't because there's so much terrible stuff going on in the world. But, um, I do like that people are considering it and not like completely avoiding it as they were before. Um, So I know a lot of people are new to like therapy involvement or like peer support or like, you know, group therapy or talking to like your doctors about like, you know, your mental health and things like that. Like they should all be trained in it too, to support you. But um, like there aren't a lot of um, county services available for mental health where I live for the next through all through November, all through December. So now people are being scheduled out to like January. I mean, the holidays kind of contribute to this, too, but it's also the holidays as well as um, just the need is is greater than the amount of resources right now. Um, so. Um, 
yeah, your body, if your body won't let you feel, if your mind won't let you feel, um, this isn't an adaptive kind of trait. It's not an an adaptive type of uh, situation to have to deal with. Um, So if you switched over to think about physically how that would look, um, if you're numb, if your hands and your feet and your body are numb, you know, if your tongue is numb, you might be eating stuff that's too hot and it might be physically burning you a little bit and you might not really know it. Or you might touch something hot like a stove or, you know, with your hands or you might like, you know, stub your toe or something like that and not really notice the pain. Um, so when you have numbness, the hard challenge with it is if, I mean, if it's a physical numbness is you're going to have the risk of getting, of getting injured, um, because you don't feel anything or like you might be a little clumsy. Um, cause you know, you need, you know, we're used to feeling, you're used to feeling how your muscles contract and like, um, you're used to feeling pressure when you step on something to tell you, oh, is there a rock here? Is there a curb here? You know, you're used to feeling different kinds of things, um, that when you don't feel them anymore, um, it doesn't necessarily support you. Like it might be good to have emo- like physical numbness if you're in a lot of pain, that might be ideal to have the numbness, but then also, you know, from not being able to feel, there are other things that come along with that. So same with emotions, um, with, with what goes on emotionally and mentally for somebody with your emotions. Um, if you don't feel your emotions, then, you know, the way you treat yourself may not be as on point or as adaptive as you might need it to be because you're not really like aware of how you feel you're not really too tuned into it it's not nothing's really necessarily bothering you but it's also not like giving you joy so it's like you're not getting the the dopamine releases that you need you're not getting you know your emotions kind of feeling balanced it's very just kind of like neutral but not in a good way like one-sided um and there are things that I heard mentioned um, to help with this. Like they say you can befriend your numbness, kind of just accept that, hey, this is a part of my life where this thing comes and goes and it's it's come and it's arrived and I'm just going to sit with it until it fades. Um, and then there's also the noticing if you're if you're ready or not, you might not be ready Um to experience, you know, um, what the emotions are that are, that are actually happening with you. Um, and some people would say, you know, maybe I just don't have any emotions or maybe you don't feel anything, uh, because there's nothing really going on that's like, um, major, but then it's like, yeah, you don't feel happiness either. Like, there's not, like, joy, but it's also not, like, sadness. And it's just a real, um, like, disconnected feeling. I don't really like feeling that way. It's, like, like I can tell that, like, my my 
um, emotional, like my mind and my physical body and just kind of like, um, like the cognitive intellectual side of myself, like it's all kind of like foggy, slower, just kind of like not, um, like it's kind of like I'm just going through the motions, literally. It's like, okay, time to wake up. Like, do you feel like you want to sleep in? I don't really care. Do you feel like excited for the day? Like, I don't really care. Um, you know, you can like eat food and it's like, does this make you feel better or like excited? And it's like, ah, I, I like the crisp of it. And like, it has like a nice taste, but it's not like, oh, I'm so glad. Like, this is so delicious and this is so fulfilling. Like, it's kind of like, there's not really a lot that's kind of like fulfilling it's kind of just like, like everything's kind of like blah, you know, like I'm just going through the motions without any like emotions, you know, I'm going through the motions without really like feeling it. Um, and I think a lot of people that haven't experienced it before, um, a lot of people do mention that, you know, they'd rather they're like, well, at least you're not depressed. So you should be happy that you feel you feel this, but it's like, um, for me, it's interesting. I'm a little, I'm a little, um, connected with my depression. Like when I do experience depression, I'm very, um, um, like I'm very connected with it. Like, I don't like love it when it occurs. I'm not like, yes, finally. Yes. I'm depressed. Like, I'm not like that. But I can get into some really deep emotional spaces that I can't really access when I'm not depressed. And even though, yeah, I'm sad and I'm miserable and it sucks, there's another side to it because I'm very creative. And, you know, when it comes to like artwork or poetry or writing or painting or music, guitar, writing lyrics, anything like that, it just flows like it just like, I have no problem with that kind of stuff whatsoever. I don't have writer's block. I can just write and write and write and write and just create, create, create. Like, I I, I mean, I don't really have, like, so much the energy behind it or, like, the motivation necessarily. Um, But I do notice that, like, it just comes easily. It's almost like, it's almost like, when you have a song, like, when you have a song that you know really well, that you haven't heard for, like, ages, and then it comes on, and you're like, oh, I still kind of know the lyrics to this, like, I know how this goes, I can just flow through it, and you might make a couple mistakes with the lyrics, but not really, um, not really too many, like, you could still say, like, oh, I can sing the song, um, that happened to me the other day, one of my friends was, like, like, who knows? Like, like, I don't like we were somewhere and they, they were like blasting like Gangsta's Paradise by Coolio and with like LV. And um, you guys know that old song from like the Dangerous Mind soundtrack. And then like a lot of us were kind of like singing softly along a little. And, and then my friend was like, who knows this song? And then me and the person like next to him both started just like, like rapping the whole like Coolio lines to like all like the first second verse and all that. And he was just like, how do people know this song? I'm like, how do you not know the song? Like, and like, yeah, I knew all the lyrics to that song. Well, not all like you know, like, I I made some mistakes on it, but it was, like, um, 
very recognizable. Like, when that song came out, so many people loved it, and it was, like, playing all the time. Like, I'm from L.A. That song was on the radio all the time. Like, all the time. Um, But... Um, it was a pretty powerful song, honestly. Like, um, yeah, I mean, the lyrics to that song, I think, really kind of gave people a dark insight into kind of like, kind of like, um, a very, like, authentic type of look at kind of like, like, I guess when people are living in poverty, I think it kind of gave people, like, somewhat of a glimpse of, like, okay, like, sometimes we look at, like, you know, where hip-hop culture came from, and, like, rappers, and you might see them on the TV with their money and all this kind of stuff, and I'm not saying every rapper, everybody involved or who likes hip hop is like involved in gangs. But I mean, I'm just saying like the places where the the music was like originating from um, wasn't from like necessarily like the suburbs of Orange County on Laguna Beach or whatever. It was like from places where people didn't have a lot and weren't given a lot of opportunities equal to other people. And then it kind of comes out in the music too. um, I mean, I don't, I've never looked up the history, but like, you, you know, when like Gangsta's para- Paradise, um, it, it does have a lot of themes that are um, gang, maybe gang related or like even themes towards like why somebody would join a gang or themes towards like why people would feel like they need to be in a gang or like how it is like, you know, in a way, a way to survive for some people. Um they feel protected, they feel safe, they feel like they have a sense of community and family and, you know, security, like, financially in in a lot of ways, like, at least you're eating every day, at least you have somebody who's got your back if something goes wrong versus, like, if you have, like, parents that aren't really there for you or, or maybe, you know, if they can't, you know, if they have their own issues going on and they can't really take care of you, um, you know, and you're young, I mean, what other options do you really have? You have to kind of like get, get by somehow. Right. So it's kind of like, I mean, I'm kind of putting my own like, um, words into it, but it's kind of like, that's that. I think that's why that song relates so well to a lot of people It's because maybe people who have never been in that kind of situation or upbringing or setting or time, even in their adult life, um, maybe people can't really, um, like, like, they kind of, like, see from a different perspective, like, they're kind of given this perspective that they otherwise would have never gotten, um, from another person, and then the people who are actually, who have experienced it, or people who, um, have gone through those types of things, or maybe they've come through it, and they're not still in it, or they're still connected somehow or another, um, to people in those, in those sorts of situations in their lives, um, I think it just, just kind of touched a lot of people, and because the movie itself was about, like, inner city youth, I think 
that's what also made it pretty powerful too is because it like shows this whole dynamic of like you know um like different like just a different life but an authentic life if it's different from yours or if it's something similar to yours then it's like you kind of have somebody actually talking about it like I know Tupac you know talked a lot of like there are a lot of rappers out there that talk a lot about you know what life is like um or was like for them or people that they knew um or at least the culture you know around things like kind of the people who might be listening to the music um or who originally were kind of like involved with it like there's just the different different types of affiliations to things like not all rappers were really born in like Inglewood or something like that like it's it's there's a variety of ways to look at it but um I'm getting way off topic but I really like that song but um it's um it's a very creative piece very well done but it was it's just interesting how so many people from so many backgrounds know that song, you know? Um, I mean, Coolio is one of those rappers that was never really, like, hardcore, like, cursing, like, parental advisory records and, like, like, people didn't usually have to have an issue with him. Like, it, like, it wasn't, like, like it was this conservative time period that he was kind of more popular rapping in in the 90s and it was a kind of conservative time and i think i mean not as conservative as maybe the 80s but i mean it was a, it was a conservative time but um i think there were a lot of people like i grew up with a lot of people who weren't allowed to listen to parental advisory records or you know you don't get airtime if you have to like beep out half the song like it kind of affects the song play um it affects where you're gonna get to play and and you know the music you're gonna get to um get to kind of just I don't know what I'm trying to say like like it it can kind of um give you different opportunities if you're if you don't have a lot of like profanity in your lyrics um I mean I say to each their own it you know your art form is your art form there's no reason for somebody to tell you it's too aggressive it's too angry it promotes negative it's like if you have nothing but negative emotions if you think of nothing but satan you know and that is your your you know passion in life I mean you have every right to sing about satan just as much as everybody who sings gospel music has a right to sing about Jesus. Like, I I strongly believe that. And I know that's neither here nor there. It has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. But you guys know I always go off on, like, a 15-minute tangent. Um, but anyways, um, yeah, my friend was kind of mentioning that he thought it was interesting that everybody kind of knows that song. And that's how I kind of got to what I was saying was that I think a lot of people know it because they can relate to it um, in some way or another. And um, it's kind of an interesting song, but it's a very good. It's a very good piece. I'll probably go listen to it after this. Um, but... Some of the last notes here, um, 
something that happens that's pretty heavy that a lot of people experience and I can totally relate like um internally treating the emotions the way that you know if you had an abusive person in your life or multiple people the way that you were maybe treated by them um like however your emotions were treated by some other person then that can be kind of like the maladaptive thing that develops that you treat your emotions the way that you're familiar with them being treated so if you know the emotions when you felt them or somebody noticed you were feeling a certain way or you expressed them like on purpose outwardly or if it just kind of came out like automatically and like you know you didn't you weren't like too conscious that it was happening like if if anyone's ever had that experience where you're just like you're just sitting there and then you're like okay like I'm like literally crying right now and like I didn't even like see this coming like you weren't like trying to you weren't like trying to hold it back it just kind of like happened um something like that like it can be met with the same things I mentioned before like shame rage silence um judgment but we can do that to ourselves too um so the emotions get treated that way by ourselves and then that is another level that's a deeper level that happens that makes it so that you might not allow yourself to feel it right your body your mind doesn't allow you to feel um those emotions and then also um it goes back to not being allowed to um experience the emotions or express the emotions not being allowed or sorry or not feeling safe the reason why you might not really like the subconscious won't really say okay you're ready and safe and allowed to to express this to feel this is because it already knows that your your self is not in a place to treat yourself with compassion when you're feeling those things Yourself is not in a place to treat yourself, you know, kindly and gently and lovingly and non-judgmentally and to validate yourself. It's instead going to treat yourself, you yourself are going to instead treat yourself or treat those emotions that um, treat yourself a certain way because of the emotions you're experiencing um, and treating them that way because of how you were treated before um because that's what's familiar versus being there for yourself and being um you know helpful to like tune into yourself and um let yourself feel the way that you need to feel without also making yourself feel bad about having those emotions or expressing them and then um having a compassionate inner dialogue that can be really helpful um because if you know that the things you're going to tell yourself um when you're feeling a certain way if you know it's going to be kind and gentle you'll be more open to do it just like you would be if you were talking to say if you have a neighbor named Bob and you you go next door and you know that whenever you come knocking on his door he's going to meet you with a shotgun and he's pissed off um i mean I, yeah when i was a kid we did have 
not a neighbor right next door, but there was somebody who literally would come to the door with a gun. And so we were like, okay, we don't sell magazines at his house because he, he pulls a gun on us. And so I don't know why I mentioned that. But anyways, if you know that's the situation coming up, you're likely not going to go over there. Just saying, you know, it's not really maybe like a good idea. Um, but when it comes to... Um, yeah, like having like a compassionate inner dialogue, it's how you treat yourself. Um, and then like just taking note that, you know, there's a part of yourself that can be scared of being mistreated by your own self and so just that's not the only thing that you can do that's not the only way to address it that's not the only main reason why people have the numbness but that can be something definitely contributing that it's like that whole pattern and cycle of things that happens all of that combined together is just a very complex um experience with um with your with you know being able to feel those emotions because it's not a safe feeling um and you'll likely need for it to feel safe for you to be able to actually do it but I mean it's also up to you I mean if you're not ready you're not ready and if you're befriending it Um, or if you're, you know, just sitting with that emotion, that's okay too. You know, if you feel like you need to avoid it, that's okay too. Just, you know, trying not to be destructive, trying not to do things that are going to cause more pain. Um, just trying to at least go with the flow of like sticking to what you know you need to do, like sticking to your routines. Um, and trying to kind of delve into it, you know, sometimes it can help. Um, for me, I do, the only real advantages I find about emotional numbness is, is that I can take, I can take a step back and just observe things, right? I can observe like, huh, like this is comedy and like, what what is it about this that makes it funny like not not saying that it's not funny but it's like it might not like touch me so like humorously I might be more like able to kind of it's like a, a way of like intellectualizing things like thinking about like the logic behind things and like the very like it's like a very scientific approach without the emotion in it like just kind of observing things and like oh that's why this works like this or that's how that works like that or like I think it gives me some insight in the kind of like things I consume things I do I can kind of just look at it without the emotion really there and just observe it as if I were observing anything else like um like I'm not like super creative or super expressive or super alert or super you know um quick with my processing or anything like that and I can tell when I've slept okay and then I still have caffeine and it still feels like it does nothing then that's kind of my 
method of being like okay like i need to like do something with this um but yeah it can be pretty challenging um to not really have a lot of depth there but it's also you know everything's going to kind of have a cost and benefit to some extent I mean, I'm really not here to say like, oh, yeah, if you feel emotionally numb or depressed or anxious or anything, like, look at the bright side and see that there's a good part. Like, I'm not really saying that. I'm just saying, like, I can be a little productive on all ends, depending how I'm feeling. Um, There are things that I really value that I wish I could do at other states of mind. Like when I'm really depressed, it's really easy for me to kind of like make you know a lot of creative work because all my emotions are just like in there and I'm like I need to just get this into something else that's not inside my mind I just need to get it out of me so I can just get it out versus if I'm feeling like emotionally numb I'm like well the emotions aren't even like accessible so like in a way that can be good for like looking at stuff uh for like trying to process things that happen while I'm depressed or planning or you know different things like that because I'm just kind of like going through the motions I don't care if I clean it doesn't bother me to clean it's not like getting on my nerves if I have to clean up something like it's just really um um easy for me to kind of just do stuff that ordinarily isn't that easy for me sometimes um because there's no emotion behind it like I don't care. So I'll just do what I need to do just because I'm going through the motions and sticking to my calendar, sticking to my schedule for the day. But I'm not really like all gung ho about it. I don't really care that much about it. I'm not like super ecstatic about it, but I'm also not like bothered by it or like um, feeling like I can't do it because of like, oh, I don't feel good. Um... But, okay, I think I've almost talked for like 90 minutes, so I'm gonna call it quits. (laughs) I already ate, so I don't need to eat for once, but, um, yeah, guys, I mean, I hope that when people are tuning into this, I hope maybe you're, that you're actually feeling good. I hope you're not feeling, like, overwhelmed and, like, emotionally numb and feeling bad, but if you are or if you have an interest in that topic... Um, that is kind of one way of looking at it, one long ass way of looking at it, but, um, I guess, um, I'm going to end with that and, uh, I'll post more, but thanks for listening.